0: Aw, yeah. Uh, For this episode today, we're 100%. I'm actually going to post the bonus on the pod. So anyone listening that doesn't get the bonus because they only uh uh do the podcast version is actually going to get the bonus today. So we're going to try to make it good for
1: them. Aren't y'all fortunate?
0: Uh, yeah, they, they're going to so be this time. Because uh, we got some good stuff. we got a great story that Jacob's going to share with us in a minute. But... Oh, I
2: didn't know you were going to be doing that on the show. My God!
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. We're doing it because it's hilarious. Um, look, draft season, it's its already hit. I'm in four right now, like at the same time. Uh, two of them are Discord. Three of them. Two? Two of them are Discord leagues. <laughs> and uh, one's run by Tom Lee. It's Aussie-themed. And then the, there's the other one. The Discord folks just wanted it. Like they just they just kept asking. So we finally did it. They filled up pretty quick. So we're gonna have more. We're gonna do like an auction. We're gonna do some some like other stuff that they want to do. It's gonna be pretty good. However, I am in one league with n- like non-Twitter people. Like one of them, one of the people in this league uh is the gentleman that won our Barkley jersey giveaway. He's in there, and a guy we all know is at Boyd's, he's in there as well. But other than that, no idea did not expect to have a conversation today that was based around like why select a rookie pick when you can have a known like asset conversation, which I wasn't ready for. And it really made me remember that not everyone is dialed in. Like not everyone is like as grinding the Twitter verse and the discord verses now as like we might be. So I don't know what your experience has been, Jacob. I'm sure you're just an absolutely not. So, uh, draft rooms, but being in like a, I don't want really to call them as but probably more casual than we are league, it has been eye opening to the fact that sometimes we just have to be more aware of what their outreach is. Uh, and that was pretty eye opening to me.
2: Yeah, it would be lovely, honestly. Um, I mean, it, I, I think that's just a big part of every league that you're in. You kind of have to try and, I mean, it's impossible to know for sure, but you kind of have to try and get a feel for what's going to happen in your room, where the cutoffs are going to be, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's one of the big advantages of if you know the people that you're drafting with and what their tendencies might be, you know, the teardrops might might change for you, right? Uh, if you're, it's one thing to look at ADP, but like, you're going to see drafts now for sure that stray a lot more from that ADP than you'll see in August, right? I mean, the people that are, are doing a lot of the drafting that is setting up the ADP, is a lot of the hardcore people. Right, and also, you know, a lot of people aren't even really looking at ADP right now, or or this is their first startup, or they're just kind of getting a feel, or they're just doing what they think, right? And so you're going to see some players where there's flop lag, right? Where there's going to be players where it's like, oh, you know, this player was going really high last year, um, and. The, he's his market's actually a lot lower, but somebody who's still high on him doesn't realize how late they can wait to get him or the opposite. You know, guy's going to go way too far. I remember like an example this year that I found is like a DeAndre Swift, for instance, who uh, when we were talking Discord, discords, someone was like, oh, he's actually a pretty good buy. And I was like, I still feel like this guy's still pretty, a pretty, pretty massive sell. Um, and it was mostly because he went pretty highly he went in the fourth round of both the startups that I did where I was like, man, he hasn't really fallen all that much. And and it seems like in, like, more sort of market aggregation site world, like your KTCs and your fantasy calcs, et cetera, he's fallen a lot more. But if there's that one person who still values him, they don't know how far he's going to slide, they feel like they're getting a discount. I remember that last year with Michael Thomas where, like, early on, I was like, oh, I know I want to buy a discounted Michael Thomas. Um, I didn't really know the extent of the discount yet. So I was, like, drafting him. Far earlier than I needed to, my first couple of startups. And then later, I was like, oh, I can actually wait till like round 11 and, and get him if I want to. Um, and that'll certainly be the case where people will go in with their buy lows and you don't actually know how low yet.
0: Yeah, man. I, I got Zeke Elliott 14.5, is like one of my first two running backs or like 15th. <clears throat> and then I, I, one of the ones I'm seeing is uh, like Waddle still going in the second round where I yeah. feel like he lost value, in my opinion. But he's still going at that like peak range, and I our our friend, very close friend, Austin Coombs just drafted Jalen Waddle at two nine, and I was kind of beside myself. Uh, That's where he's going. Yeah, he, I find that interesting.
2: I mean, his he's a guy for sure. Where I mean, he played phenomenally, but I I do feel like there was a little bit with him where he started the season really hot. Right. I think it was what well, was the game against the Ravens is when he went absolutely berserk and that was like week three or something, week two or week three. It was very early yeah. in the season. Um so we had that insane game against Baltimore and that kind of set the tone, right? People were like, Oh, Jalen Waddle's a league winner, right? And then he kind of petered out over the rest of the season. He had enough spikes where it felt like every time that it was like, oh, is Waddle really – it was like, oh, no, then then there's the big game, right? Like, he kind of petered up for a while. He has the massive game against the Lions, I think it was, where he had a big one. Like, and it came in bunches. Certainly, like, I was actually surprised. Like, I don't – I wasn't, like, examining his week-to-week usage actually very closely. I always just felt like he was, like, a guy who has super high upside, right? And I was yeah. playing him in DFS a lot. But, like, when when Coop came out with his uh, XFP charts, like, he was one of the guys that overperformed – his usage yes. the most, which is a yeah. testament to his abilities, but also potential a little bit of the danger zone in terms of where the regression might hit. I didn't quite realize he was out hitting his his coverage to that um, extent. So, I think I think Waddle's a little under overvalued. I also just think that's the biggest thing I found in these startups that I've done so far is like you get through the quarterbacks, you get through the you get through Bijan, Jefferson, Chase, and then it's like. A lot of people are pretty hesitant to start taking these other running backs. So they kind of slip in. But people then it's like you just get this big wide receiver tier. CD seems to kind of go ahead of the rest. But like the 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 picks that seem really bad to me, uh, not because the players are bad, uh, but when I look at when like round when f- the fourth round is done of the draft, the picks that I'm drawn to is being like, Man, don't love that. Is like whoever took insert wide receiver four like the like yeah. when, when people taking like i don't know sometimes aj brown sometimes it's waddle it might be Amin, Ross rossian brown but whoever's taking that guy in like the middle of round two feels rough to me because we're often seeing yeah. guys in, in the middle of round four that i don't think are meaningly different meaning well right. that that's always the argument when it
1: comes to wide receivers and like drafting earlier running backs or wide, qbs yeah. or tight ends is. The, the value you get at that position is a lot harder to directly replace because there's so much less of them. Right. I mean, wide receiver position, you can go look at the wide receiver 40, and he's producing 80% of what your typical, you know, like that That value of replacement is so much different because there's so many more of them. That's why you see so many three wide receiver leagues.
0: Right. And I think I, one of the I'm more comfortable right now trading away Like not drafting at round three, four, five, and just trading up to get to double tap the top QBs. Like we were talking about off air, I've left every draft with a combo of Kyler and Dak, uh, uh, Watson and Lamar, Mahomes and Kyler, and then trading back up again, even though it's expensive. And securing a Kyle Pitts and then extra 24 picks to do so and just skipping three rounds because I feel like that three, four, and five right now are so jam-packed with you're still seeing Swift, Cup, Debo, Moore, uh, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you lose out on like Garrett Wilson and some Olaves and some good picks, but I feel like you can make that back up, especially if you're using kickers in placement, which, by the way, Sleeper has added rookies, so keep that in mind.
2: I've tried to do the next startup I want to do. I definitely want to do one with actual rookies pre pre NFL draft. That that'll be fun. Um, I I've tried to do I try to do one of those every year at least. It's like it's like a fun gag. I wouldn't yeah, want to do yeah, ten yeah. of them, but it's fun to do one of them. And then you watch it. Just it gives you something more to root for when you're watching the draft. You know when yes. you have yeah. like RE investment in some of those players. Uh, I'm begging for Tamari and Terry to go in the sixth round. Exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> murderer. Yeah. Uh, yeah Anyhow, um, yeah, I, I agree. I've tried to do what you just mentioned. I haven't been successful doing that. What I ended up doing instead was I ended up just trading up to the one one and the one two um, instead. Mm. I ended up uh, kind of doing it that way. But yeah, what I was trying to give up was those mid round picks. I I, I I agree. I think like to me, there's like a drop off right now around the three four turn where you're getting yeah. like kind of the last of the true elite vet wide receivers. Like you're usually seeing like digs, Adams kind of go in that range. Yep. Or you're seeing, like, London, Alave go in that range. Like, I, I, I'm very comfortable taking the, that group, whoever's last of that group, versus, like, paying a premium on, on the Waddle or the the ra or the Higgins earlier. And then uh, – and that's when you're kind of seeing, like, the end of the running backs that I'm, like, really excited about in terms of, like, the younger locked-in studs. After that, it's kind of your your, your vets that are sketchy or your younger guys with a lot of question marks, Right. Uh, and that I'm not as interested in. And and the crazy thing the biggest thing too is quarterback is more bifurcated than I can ever remember. Like you are yep. you're getting a ton of round one quarterbacks and it trails into the early second, depending on the draft with some combo of Dak or Kyler or maybe Deshaun. And then it's like Tua and Lance are highly variable as to where they go.
0: Yeah obviously sometimes you, late two into you the build in
2: the one two and the one three which are like kind of presumed to be quarterbacks. And then it's like like round seven, I've seen I've seen some round five Daniel Jones
0: action. I mean, we've got in two drafts we got five nine Jared Goff.
2: That's egregious.
0: Like that's in egregious. in two in two drafts nice. we got seven ten Daniel Jones eight five Zach Will uh Zach Wilson Jesus Christ Russell Wilson uh six um six twelve Gino yeah
2: that's the product. guy I've taken in both my my quarter my first two quarterbacks I traded up for that like much uh, nice. I have this. I have like. I keep drafting. I basically drafted the same team twice, which was interesting. But, um, <laughs> I, I well, I, I went in with like the exact same board and strategy, and I just kind of wanted to see how close I could get uh, in two different draft rooms with very different people. But uh, yeah, my quarterbacks in both are, are Josh Allen and Geno Smith. So shout out Geno Smith. I'm we, like only Geno Phil.
0: We love <laughs> we love Geno. Uh, but yeah, we that's do. some that's some that's some conversation. We're gonna talk about Geno, I think, a little bit today. Uh, as we go here, but uh, Jacob, you want to tell your story before we get out of here? And oh yeah, this was funny. Stuff.
2: Um, so I was negotiating a trade in the Big Billies Invitational uh, with someone, and and you know he'd inquire whatever he'd ask, and lo- long story short, the trade offer, I, I forget actually all the specifics, but it was something along the lines of Deontay plus what equals Marquise Brown, and, and I think we'd throw in some other stuff on the side or whatever, and then we had kind of talked about it a little bit, he comes in. Uh, I got a message in the Discord, um, like a, a DM, and and it's from this guy that I was negotiating with. And he says, "Hey, can I get your? Do you have a minute? Um, can I get your thoughts on a trade I've been negotiating?" And I was like, "Yeah, I definitely have a minute, but I I think I gave you my last <laughs> Um I
0: was like, "This wouldn't happen to be the
2: same." Too. I was like, "This wouldn't happen to be the same trade." Uh, and he says, "Oh, your your RTDB, like my sleeper name. If you haven't been in a league with me, is <laughs> RTDB." Um of course, in Discord, my name's just Jacob Sanderson, but the hats in both of them anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, and he was like, oh, that's funny. and I was like, I was like, so you still want that advice. He was like, actually yes. Uh, and interestingly enough, for the record, I, I said, don't take the trade. <laughs> um, I was like, you you know, I talked about I tried to offer some some insight in negotiating strategy. basically I, basically I was like the way he phrased asking me was you offered a like for a like made it very clear that you clearly didn't like the player that you have or you really wanted the player I have. I'm not sure which. um, And that I was just going to get something extra to trade a like for like for for no particular reason um, to make it worth my while. And I was like, fire you. I just like would try to do the same thing to someone else, but not do a like for like so they don't clue into that. And he said, no, that's fine. I I just like your player more, so I'll pay for it. I was like, all right, it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it was uh, was, was a hilarious uh, (laughs) little note.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, um, as our Discord is growing, which it is, shout out all of you. Uh, you know, we're gonna get influx of new people that don't maybe don't know, right? And we got people coming into orphan teams that may not know us or know the surroundings, uh, etc. And it just it was a hilarious little thing that you know, it communities growing and being a little bit unaware also leads into some like really hilarious things in fantasy. Like I, we had one gentleman I did not know that he followed our work uh, Mm. and i was like hey i'm trying to trade up he's like no i'm taking two quarterbacks here and i was like what do you mean he's like i've been listening to you talk about this for five weeks now like i know what you're trying i was like son of a bitch i didn't realize because he has a different handle and sleeper in our discord that he had been paying attention to uh, everything so it's pretty cool pretty exciting and um I just think that. So if he accidentally asked you advice on a trade you were trying to pull, and you did the gentlemanly thing and yeah, told him outright what not to and, do. And, and then he Good took man. it. So this is my advice
2: to you guys. If you are ever in negotiation, try the strategy of don't take this offer. That's a new strategy, and it worked. It was, it's now it's <laughs> the first time I've ever tried it, and it's 100% <laughs> success rate. So this, uh, this is the, the new meta in fantasy trading. is not please take this offer. It's here's three paragraphs as to why you should not accept this trade proposal and then you'll hundred percent get your deals. Done.
0: Yeah. I, I love it, man. All right. I, I'm still
1: oh. waiting for someone from the discord to log in and think I'm bald. Cause that's my picture <laughs> on there.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so phenomenal, man. I love it. All right. Let's get this thing fired up. Oh, baby. We're live and in action. It's the Full Tilt Podcast Network. We are vibing. This is the flagship program, the OG, the originator, the one that started it all for us. This is episode 197 on this here network. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. We are presented by the Fantasy Points Media Group. We're also powered in part by underdog fantasy look with Fantasy points media group if you haven't already you're going to head over there 30% off for the 2023 subscriptions Fantasy points data is coming to the open public this year as far as I'm aware nothing has changed You're gonna want to get in on that all that if you were following all the chart porn and the expected uh, points for and adjust all that one Quick stop shop. You get tons of bonuses. However, the fantasy points for their early bird special good until the Super Bowl. Uh, it cuts off. So 30% off. That's absolutely huge. You're gonna want to go and do that. Uh, I, of course, are your host of the most his hands. I am Tom Sipp of FF. Joining me again is Jacob Sanderson. And joining us as always is one of the smartest human beings on the face of the planet. Uh knows so much. He can't help himself from dominating his fantasy leagues that is at uh big billy ff we have a wild time look we know i try like, to lose them we <laughs> know we have coaches being hired san Francisco is getting three uh two third round picks so they can draft the next tdp or trey sermon whatever their hearts desires we're not here to talk about that kind of stuff there are six hundred seventy two thousand four hundred twenty one podcasts with that's going to touch on all that news today. We have a lighthearted show today, gentlemen. Uh, it, has, it has been a lot. Um, from insane injuries on national television, almost had it happen again last night. Tom Brady throwing sixty-six passes as a senior citizen uh, and coming up short through
2: sixty-six passes yesterday.
0: Sixty-six passes. Yeah.
2: My God. I, I mean, admittedly, I kind of stopped paying attention to that game in about that's the middle fine. of the third quarter. But yeah, it's 66 is that's instant. holy shit. He he yeah. put up a Lemieux.
0: Yeah, it was un, it was unbelievable. Uh it's been a heavy season, right? And we've talked a lot of, uh data. The shows have gone through growth from the walkabout, which will be back uh around the Super Bowl. Um, and the Devi stuff has grown. This show has grown. We've gone through data and picks and trades and analysis. Today, we're we're checking it at the door. Okay, we're gonna go through some. Uh, lighthearted stuff we have players that we said there was no way they were going to miss well they missed we're going to find some pleasantly surprised value returns that we weren't expecting diamonds in the rough that stayed in the rough and uh, obviously mistakes that we're definitely just going to go ahead and make again next year we're going to cover that all today i can't wait it's been phenomenal uh, I just want to remind everyone that I'm coming to you as the land champion uh, once again. Dominated Jacob Sanderson. Want to keep letting everyone know that I do win sometimes. So there we go. Also shout out Jamie and Chandler. Uh, I thought Jacob was the smartest man on the planet. He's one of them. Uh, but uh, B- Billy gets the call on this intro. Uh, he sits on a throne of his massive brain. Hey, uh, what a-
2: uncomfortable.
0: horrendously uncomfortable but gentlemen let's get it fired up uh look the name of the show today is expect the unexpected because that is what fantasy football is it is completely unexpected and guess what sometimes we can put in all the hard work and it doesn't pay off and with these players that we're going to start with today it absolutely did not pay off we are players that we absolutely loved from start to finish of our processes we went out we acquired in our multitude of too many leagues that we're in uh and they left us at the altar it was heartbreaking it was crushing taylor swift wrote songs about it um jacob i want you to give us our first player that there was no way player x was gonna miss and they missed
2: yeah i mean i think this in my opinion, this is like the guy that probably would most define this category for the entire NFL season, fantasy or otherwise. But yeah, uh, Ru- Russ Wilson. I mean, and the the effects were cascading in the sense that, like, not only was I expecting a significantly better season out of Russ, but you know, I was expecting him to lift up an offense um, featuring guys like Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know, one of their tight ends, whoever that would end up being, it was, a, yeah, that, that was a massive blow, where what's crazy is, like, coming into the season, I remember we did an episode in the summer, and I, I forget, like, why or, or what the lead-up was, but I remember, like, giving, like, a really strong um, defense of Jerry Judy, and so much of that take was, like, it's assumed that Russ is going to be awesome, and, you know, like, is there enough in Judy's profile to give us an idea of what the upside was? And then looking back on the season, it's like, Judy is really, I think an illustration of just how bad Russ was in the sense that like, he kind of did everything that we would have actually hoped, Like, he kind of did hit his upside and it didn't fucking matter because (laughs) Russ sucked. So it's, it's, it's wild. Um, how you almost get like a double shift of, uh, of where he was expected to lift everybody up. Didn't do that actually lifts everybody down. Uh, and Jamie's kind of hitting to what I wanted to get to, which is what do you think of Russ extra Champagne goes to Denver? I don't think that Sean Payton will go to Denver, uh, but, but that'd be cool. Uh, I, I guess my point would be is that I think that regardless of who goes to Denver, I'm still going to be really interested in, in Russ next year. Like I think that this season definitely, I mean, it obviously changes how I view him in the sense that, you know, it, his range of outcomes gets massively lower, but I would still view him as a guy where the the sample that we have is so long and and so strong that I I do think it's still considerably more likely that he maybe not gets back to his peak form, but that he is once again a really strong above average quarterback in the league at least and a very viable fantasy starter than that we get anything close to this version of Russ uh, Wilson again. But it'll be interesting. I I mean, that's going to be, I think, one of the most fascinating aspects of the offseason is – how much russ can get back to
0: form i think it's a stark reminder that you can't just copy and paste production Uh, and that's i feel like something we have to remind ourselves every year in free agency and trades roll around is you cannot just copy and paste right and and judy was good i mean as much as russ tried to make him not good uh he was still very good but now i think one of the biggest differences is going to be how cheap russ is going to be uh he's going to be in that six seven range so depending on how uh, at least as of now we were talking about uh drafts um in the bonus but depending on uh what that is that's a big one man that really makes me yeah. sad billy
1: yeah this one this one hurts quite a bit cuz this was my guy going into the uh going into the season uh Elijah Moore i i loved him i i wanted the world for him and i expected the world from him i mean elijah moore was a guy who kind of came on late uh, towards the back half of his rookie year. And, you know, this offseason, kind of everything felt like it was going to work. It felt like we it was very easy for us to go, yeah, Garrett Wilson is going to open up that offense. Zach Wilson, there's no way he's as bad as he looked like he was and was the number two overall pick. Like, there's going to be more space for Elijah Moore. They're going to have to dedicate more to the run, the yeah. running game. And somehow Elijah Moore just plummeted and it's not really that much that he plummeted in terms of like a, like a snap percentage, his snap percentage went up, his percentage of games played went up and everything about his, like the phase of the game he was used in his average depth of target was the exact same. And just his efficiency went down. His PFF grade was atrocious. Like in almost all phases of the game Elijah Moore just looked rough and i mean you could see that just looking at the score he was the fourth or the fourth player on that team in receiving yards a team that threw for 4000 yards like it's in all phases it just felt like Elijah Moore fell flat on his face and that really hurts um i still think there's a lot of good there for Elijah Moore i think there's a good chance that the Jets currently are the betting favorite to land Lamar. If he leaves Baltimore, like there, there's so much there to look forward to for the, for the Jets that I think they're still good for Elisha Moore, but God, did this season hurt also uh, real quick. Just want to throw this in. Do y'all realize Brees Hall still led the Jets in rushing this year. I believe that. (laughs) that I I just found that (laughs) out when I looked
2: at, pulled all these stats. Um, Tom, Look, like, can we just can we take like two to three minutes away from the show sheet to get a quick take? I mean, so the Ravens lose. Uh, shockingly, it's so weird. I mean, they were such a, a big upset, but almost certainly should have won the game um, objectively uh, yeah. in terms of just like how, how it played out. Probably lose about 13 EPA in one play. Uh, but what is your take on the state of Baltimore Ravens nation? Do you want Lamar back? Do you think he will be back? what what do they need to do if they bring lamar back or or don't regardless cuz that's certainly not the only issue with the team
0: uh first off i want to do what no baltimore raven fan is really doing and give credit to tyler huntley uh he made some plays that were pretty unreal uh he had some mistakes he's on like an undrafted backup so let's be real but the dropping the ball after it went over his head and had the longest passing play of the game at the time. Like, let's remember that. And then after the fumble, he drove the team down the field again, uh, despite of Greg Roman in his play design. I think what sums up the Ravens season the most is the final play of the year was a nine route to Patrick Ricard. (laughs) and After the tip, it was was James Prochet trying to keep the ball on the tip. That's your problem. I obviously want Lamar back. I think what's insane to me is how open the players are disgruntled with the play calling and decision-making, and they don't care. And at this point, Harbaugh's got to go because I think his ties to Greg Roman is what's keeping him there, like the family ties to Greg Roman. Greg Roman's not under contract. If he ever steps foot back in that building. You know in Big Brother – Right when they're potentially about to get eliminated, like they're on the chopping block and they pre-pack their bags. Yeah. Right? Roman should have done that to his office in the event that they lost the game. Just take your shit and get out. Uh, so I think he definitely needs to go. I don't think Jackson's coming back without him. I actually quite like the Roquan Smith addition because quite clearly that defense was different. I think uh, they let uh, Peters walk. Calais Campbell's basically saying he'll come back if Jackson comes back is basically what he's saying. They right. have over 40 million in cap, including their rookie uh, uh, allotted spending. They're in a really good situation considering what they have, but they gotta bring Jackson back. And, I and like they need like two them.
2: more wide receivers, like, not just one. Um, they need two, three. Yeah, yeah shod, so, shoddy ain't enough.
0: So I'll say this: I think at 22 they draft another one, right? And I think yeah. uh, the kid from. Um, uh, uh, North Carolina, I think he's uh, yeah, that's the one I think he would fit well for the inside and then I actually mentioned on Twitter, uh, shout out to anyone still listening to this, but they, they asked so I, was, I wasn't I was going to do it but they asked, uh, I think they should go out and sign Darius Slayton, I think that Slayton on the outside at a 6.5 mil a year contract uh, uh, for what they do is great, but they just they gotta get Greg Roman out of there, and uh, their offensive coordinator has really got to be. Um, I I would love to see, and I I won't say love because Harbaugh has been phenomenal, but Ben Johnson, I think you need. He's interviewing for head coaching positions right now, and I think if Lamar Jackson got re-signed, Harbaugh and Roman were gone, and he was brought in, I think Jackson signing that contract to come back
2: would an interest you too? Like the, I mean, just based on what he was, what what he was, what what he put together with Jalen Hurts.
0: Right. As a head coach would make me nervous because first time head coaches and whatever, but their defensive coordinator was so strong this year that I think that uh, they'd be able to handle it. But you'd have to have a really good strong. I would love Greg Roman to be back as a run game coordinator. I would love for him to be back as a run game coordinator and assistant head coach. I would – I sh- or not assistant head coach, but assistant coordinator. I think that's a perfect role for him. I think his ego won't let him because some of the designs he does have is great. The problem is right. he designs drag routes with three receivers ending up in the same spot with Patrick Ricard running a deep post to win the game. Like it's just – Yeah, um, to,
2: to me like what Greg Roman is ultimately is, is he's a floor raiser for an offense to me. Like yeah. he – right? And you see it in games like that with when Tyler Huntley is your starting quarterback and you don't have a single wide receiver on your roster that would start for another NFL team um, When it was, once Bateman went on IR. Uh, and it's like, okay, like, the fact that they could even move the ball at all with a Tyler Huntley, Mark – like, Mark Andrews is the only starting NFL player other than the O-line on that entire G- – well, and Dobbins. Um, but, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, like, no wide receivers and a backup quarterback. Like, the fact that they could move the ball – at all is a testament to like, I think that Roman can do some things that raise the floor of an offense, but the ceiling, I mean, that's, they need to have a higher ceiling on their offense. They need to have something else right. they can go to. Um, and L- mean, Lamar Jackson is a better passer than Greg Roman's system allows him to, to yes. show. And it's frustrating that he's been stuck in this.
0: Uh, and the fact that the, the fact that DeMarcus Robinson can cook Eli app on a double move and you run one double move the entire game is a testament to how stubborn he is as a, as a coordinator. I, I, just I think understand. the
1: loss of Rashad Bateman was a lot more important to that team than Oh, it's very important.
2: realizing. Yep. It's very important, but they need more even if Bateman comes back. And, I mean, I'm not even 100% sure what Bateman is yet at this point. I, right. I know he's definitely an NFL player. I, I don't know if he's, like, could be the lead wide receiver on a team that has a functioning offense yet. I, I'm not going to rule that out. It's possible. At the very least, he's probably a good two. Um, but they still need, like, a lot more guys. And, I I'll mean, honestly that- – you can't, you can't be in a position as a serious team where a second-year player who we don't even know what they are yet goes down and your wide receiver room completely craters. Like, Bateman is not yeah. good enough to have that massive of an effect on an offense, right? Like, right? It's not like Tyree Kill goes out. It's like, well, we can't plan for how to not have Tyree Kill. You have to be able to have contingency plans around Rashad Bateman.
0: I agree. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, ideally, I'm going to segue this because I truly believe this. At pick 22 – uh, I would rather see – I'd like to see the Ravens trade this pick with a little uh, little more on top coming back uh, their way and say like a mid-round pick to the Indianapolis Colts who are going to be rebuilding. I'd like to see them send pick 22 to the player that I was certain oh, or, yeah. for, or that I thought was certain wouldn't bust and did is Michael Pittman Jr. I think six 6'4 body at 225 pounds would be perfect for what Jackson needs – he blocks well enough, and he's durable. So I would like to see that. But for me, a player that I was so confident was not going to bust getting back to it uh, was Michael Pittman Jr. And guess what? His peripherals looked pretty okay if you just take a quick glance. He amassed more targets, 141 targets. This is good for 11th in the league. Phenomenal, right? He even increases receptions by 11. 99 receptions in one fewer game at 925 fucking yards for his 99 receptions. He only had 974 air yards. He scored four touchdowns. His more targets, he was number one in route participation. He never left the field. Uh, It amassed a whopping .5 points fewer per game. He busted so hard, and he creeped into that top 12, fringe top 12 range at the end of draft season, and he absolutely cratered. I think he had his week one game was great. He, week one. He, he PPR'd his way through the the fantasy playoffs when they went back to Ryan for a brief while, but that team fell apart. He fell apart. I to talk about another part of that team that I really believed in. The Colts really let me down this year, Jacob. I mean, they really let me <laughs> down this year. It yeah, cost it cost same. money. We we uh, I didn't I think that Michael Pittman Jr. was gonna bust. He fit the alpha profile, the reception, perception loved him. Everything about him from the year before loved him. And that price kept rising. And like a dum dum, I didn't use rational thinking, and I just kept buying in. Then Scott Barrett came on and then he got me hyped up even more about him. Um He's just um not that explosive of a player from what we can see. Uh probably better off as a really big two, like a uh, for if I were to just like a TJ Hushmanzada was uh to his Chad Johnson, but I don't think he's the Chad Johnson to the TJ Hushmanzada, if that makes sense. I
1: if Correct. you want if you want that player, I think Alan Lazard is about four million dollars cheaper a year.
0: Yeah, okay. I agree.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Look, I, I am like I am not the guy to say great things. No, no, there. no. Jacob, podcast, I... but he is better than Alvarez. No, Jacob, I I agree.
1: <laughs> okay. But when you're you're looking for big body guy who runs fast and blocks better than ninety nine percent of wide receivers in the league, you can get him for a lot cheaper than what Michael Pittman's going to cost in a few years. <laughs> I think
2: no, that I...
1: a few other elements.
2: Don't make me the
1: Pittman stand here. <laughs> No, like, like Pittman is such a good choice for that. Cause really, I mean, what does Matt Ryan do? He throws for 4,000 yards, eat, sleep, throw for that many, repeat. Like uh, there was a point, I think it was Scott Barrett when he was on the show, but I could be wrong on that. I apologize if I'm misappropriating this or if I'm attributing this to the wrong person, but uh, we were talking about Michael Pittman. And I think Tom claimed him as like, the guy I my, my miss or someone my,
0: my guy. is my, my and
1: guy. whoever it was, it might've been Scott Barrett was like, that feels cheap. That's like saying Travis Kelsey is your guy. Like, it's so yeah. funny to look at that. And now looking back, it feels so clear. Like we knew Ryan wasn't like, yep. we wanted to go in and be like, Ryan's get throw for 4,000, whatever. But
2: with <laughs>
0: like, I think it's it that, so that,
2: that turned quick. I, I remember that first, like, li- literally the first Colts. I and mean, Pippen had a great game in-, in that first week. But I remember, like, by about the second quarter of week one, just having watched Matt Ryan for the first 20-minute season, I was like, oh, this season's not going to go as according to plan." I was like, this guy is
0: washed. <laughs> I think it was like, oh, he was kind of good in Atlanta before that team fell apart. And no way he's going to be worse than Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I was then- pretty
2: optimistic about Matt Ryan. And right. That- that and Wayne'd I think... Immediately.
0: Definitely talked myself into michael Pittman Jr., but that's it. That those are the three players that we thought no way could miss. With a little bit of bonus Ravens content, and I know I'm gonna get complaints. Someone's gonna leave a comment on Spotify or post no, in the Discord. Oh no, you guys, yeah, that's about the Ravens fault. again. No, they right. asked, and you know what? I was pretty whoa, proud whoa, whoa, of myself for not asked. bringing it up. I was pretty proud of myself for not bringing it up. But also, can I just say? The fucking. I hope the Bengals get absolutely dog walked, and I'll tell you why. Because now you know what they their players did not talk any shit until a miraculous ninety eight yard fumble return for touchdown. Mike Hilton comes out on the first play and he starts taunting because he got attacked. You didn't say shit until you were ahead, and you still almost choked the game, choked the game away. Yeah, and, and then the comments the on the block in the back, they would have lost. Yeah, it's it's they had no answer. Okay, you had no answer. All right, you're your your fake profits. All this right. You here. guys you guys all were bad twenty
1: five years spoke the name Lamar Jackson.
0: You guys were bad we for, are You guys were well, bad I, for like twenty think, years and you're I, I, gonna remember. I think that
2: and this this part Go we've there. now we've now jumped the shark. But I I'm I i, I do not know. I like hearing people talk about the teams that they that they root for on, on shows. I I enjoy it.
0: I know I, I know I'm being I know I'm being a little bit. We're going to obviously talk more about it in the off season. Specifically, we're going to do a little more free agency talk, but I had to get that out. Uh the okay. Bills are frauds. The Bills are frauds. So are the Bengals. You just don't see Let's it. Go to right, the next we're going to move on here. <laughs> Good lord. Hey, hey, you asked for it, you got it. I didn't. Well, too bad. You're stuck with it. Uh we're going to take a quick break when we come back, we're going to get into our pleasantly surprised value return. A little bit of positivity. Um, for here. Uh, but fuck Greg Roman. Here we go. Every year in fantasy drafts, there's always like a player that gets left out, kind of disrespected and brought down, and you could always seem to flip that player uh for more than the cost to acquire was preseason or in startup. And I kind of cheaped out on this one. Uh, this is a player that's quite obvious. It's every year with him. I'm just going to go ahead. It's Tyler Lockett. He got pushed down even farther because of the Drew Lock, Geno Smith situation. And he finished with his casual like top 12 borderline season again. And right. you were able to go and trade him for second round picks, etc. even use him to move up to get like more of an elite. And I just want to shout out Tyler Lockett because he did it. He was better than DK Metcalf almost all season. What? It was a real testament to how good he is, and he will continue to be uh, a value even this year because he is every year and because he's never once been hit.
2: He always gets
0: down. He people make fun of him for that, but it's the smartest decision any NFL player has probably ever made. Someone gets near him, nice him and toys. they yeah, and he, and, he, and he hits the ground. But he's just good, and he's a wide receiver I want in that first flex spot, second flex spot. Every He's like the new – he's like – him and Brandon Cooks have had, like, the same draft trajectory. Just one has stayed steady, and one's been stuck in Houston. In peace,
2: he's so. the new Doug yeah. Baldwin. Can I say this, too? Yeah, for, exactly. the, for the Tyler Lockett haters out there in the world, of which there are many, uh, this year, in in week 17, he left early with an injury. Um in games that he started and finished, only twice this entire year, week one and six, is he below 10 points. Mr. Inconsistency, no longer. All he needed was Geno Hey, Good for him.
0: Yeah, like, I, I absolutely loved him. I'm going to continue to draft him again. Uh, you can't stop me from drafting him. Uh, Chandler, I refuse to acknowledge your Bengals oh, comments. we have breaking news, list.
2: by the way. Oh, no. um, This is actually shocking to me. Ben Johnson informed interested teams he will be staying as the offensive coordinator in Detroit.
0: Oh, oh. Well, there you go. Give good, for you know him what?
2: good for Detroit.
0: He has fast Good, faster, good for Amon
2: has... Ross, Ross St. Brown. That is good news
0: for Amon Ross St. Brown. That is good news for Amon Ross St. Brown.
2: Look, if
1: I was not a Packers fan, I would be a big Lions fan right now. <laughs> I, I'm so excited <laughs> for them.
0: It's so true. Billy, who is your player that you seemingly got really good – value return uh, this year.
1: Speaking of Lions wide receivers, um, this one is so fun because a few weeks ago, we did a a rookie redraft. And Jacob came out and I completely agree with this take. This is not going after Jacob's take at all. Uh, He said there is no reason he should have drafted Jamison Williams because his value has just sat there while other guys rose and now i mean we were talking about jamison Williams. he was a potential 103 104 pick and now he's the back of the first i went on keep trade cut today because originally i was going to take jacob's guy and jacob complained about it and i agreed with him it's more his guy it's correctly he should be the one talking about it jamison williams is currently going just behind Devontae Adams in wide receiver ranking as the wide receiver 18. He have one career catch. It's incredible. One career <laughs> catch. Now, I, right now, I'm getting – I just – I can't believe that. Like, Jameson Williams didn't yeah. play his first year, and still he's young. He's not even 22, so it's completely fine. But, like, didn't play his first year, tore his ACL, is – finally going to start playing legitimate game, game time next year, had one seriously really good year, lost out to the other top two wide receivers at Ohio State. I was the Jamison Williams guy on this podcast yep. last year. So this is crazy for me to say, what the hell is going on? It's, like, It's, what I, I,
0: it's pretty I, amazing.
1: I can't I, believe it because I can run down this list right now. I currently don't see a guy on the screen outside of – the guy I'm going to talk about, I believe, next segment, who I think I would trade straight up for Jamison Williams. Like, uh, just going down this list, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Chris Godwin, Pittman, DJ Moore, Burks, yeah. Judy, McLaurin, Marquise Brown, all of those guys on keep trade cut, I just went through 10 more wide receivers who I don't think I would trade straight
2: for Jameson Williams.
1: That's insane for a guy with a round round, three rebounds.
2: I, I think I would trade all those guys for Jameson Williams. I, no, I didn't hear every single name. I might have missed one, so I don't want to. I don't want to have this like twisted on me in a year and a half if I missed a name. But most that, of those names, fine. I think I would. I think like which is. So I had this. I had the same. Maybe not the same. I had a similar Jameson Williams argument with. Um, with Drew in in the Discord, where I mean, I wouldn't even consider myself like a Jameis Williams guy. I'm also not like a Jameis Williams hater. I I would say I'm generally pretty neutral on the man. Um, But uh, he had mentioned the same phenomenon that that you did, which is like a notable phenomenon that he basically did literally nothing. He caught one catch. It was a touchdown, but he has one catch in his career, and he stormed up in value, which is very fucking strange. Um, Now, that's efficiency. Sorry, I don't... Uh, did you guys do you guys do you guys ever play Civ 5? I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do.
0: Right. I have I have the Civ series.
2: <laughs> There's like that. We have been making 15 signs for six citizens <laughs> now. That's efficiency.
0: <laughs> it's true. Everything he touched was I think he had three touches and two of them were called back, but they were all over 60 yards. It's amazing. anyhow.
2: I, I derailed my own point, but uh as I'm want to do. Anyhow, my point was like I actually think that it, is kind of, uh, I think that it's actually reasonable in a vacuum that he would go up in value. Although the market, I didn't think would actually okay, I'm putting this a bad way. <laughs> oh, the fact God. that he's worth more now than he was before the year actually makes sense in the same way that Calvin Ridley yes. is worth more now than he was before yes. the year because the year in which he would be useless and which we thought he would be useless is now told. So if you just view it in the same way as you did as a rookie. Then he then, and then you told the year where he didn't have the opportunity to help your team, then this guy probably has more value. I guess what was surprising to me is I didn't actually realize as much at the time that his price during rookie drafts was considered his discounted price. Like, I didn't really realize essentially yeah. what the market is saying by the way that they've responded was that if Janison Williams never tore his ACL in the, in the national championship game, he might have been like the one three or something. Cause like yeah. other, other dudes have like done enough on the football field. That they should be just going up, right? Like not like because Jameson's going down. But they should just be going up. Like we obviously feel a lot better about Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, like than we did when we drafted them as rookies because they were awesome. Like the fact that Jameson is now sort of being restored to, I guess, like where he would have been injury neutral. Just I guess I didn't think through the fact that the market was this high on him originally, well, which I guess is what I'm kind yeah. of gleaning from you. Because
0: usually, usually when we get like these rookies, we're always like, oh, you can just buy him cheaper. Uh, When they don't play, like people are going to be frustrated. Fuck. No, they are buying and buying at an accelerated rate. Uh, We uh, hit it on the walkabout. Well, before or right around when he was hitting like wide receiver 19 on keep trade cut. Like we talked about it. A player that I'm surprised has gone up in value was Jameson Williams. For me, I've been talking about this now for two months because it is, I've never seen this scenario where a guy again has done nothing, but, is just climbing and climbing and climbing. It's it's really exciting and kind of scary. It,
1: I, I will immediately jump on the fact, I think there is a huge tear break where he currently is listed on mm-hmm. KTC. Like right above him are guys like Adams, Cup, Debo Samuel, London, Diggs. Like I, I'll admit that's a pretty big tear break. And yeah. beyond that, a lot of those guys I think are a lot closer to Jameson than they are to that next level. But, I mean, certain guys – like, there's, there was a period where there was a legitimate claim for Christian Watson to be rookie of the year. I, I think that fell down. I don't think that's anywhere near a valid discussion anymore. Brandon Ayuk had one of the, like, most low-key wide receiver 15 years of all time. Like, George Pickens got all the hype in the world. Godwin, Pittman, DJ Moore, like, all those guys I think have legitimate claims to – climb back into that wide receiver one consideration. Pittman, I think is completely dependent on what happens at quarterback more. I think whatever, but like P- Pittman has
2: joined the DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin roving band of sadness.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like there, there's such a, there's such a tier here of like, uh, like yeah. it, it's so bizarre to sit here and be like, Jameson Williams is a wide receiver too dynasty value not as a rookie who is had one career like it's such an interesting concept that now
2: all my jameson williams shares fine that's why i think his value is okay though like i i took him in a startup i didn't i don't think it was wide receiver 19 i I didn't count them but i I think it was probably probably a little closer to like 24 um, 25 range or something. But I took him in a some startup because it kind of got to the point where I didn't like any of the running backs there. It was that total dead spot for quarterbacks where there just isn't really a quarterback you want to take. Um, and I was like, well, these look like a lot of wide receiver twos to me. And I don't know what Jameson is, but I think I'd rather just take, like, ultimately I was like, all right, I don't really like any of the actual players. So I'm going to just take a rookie. And then I was like, but I'd rather have Jamison or i or rather have, I can't remember, with one nine, something like that. Um, and, and I was like, Okay, if he was in this class, like, it was kind of the same idea that I was kind of going through my head with ETN last year, right? Where it was like, I'm just going to think of this guy as a rookie, basically, and try to sort him in as, a, as where he would be in this class if he was a prospect. I'm, I'm open to it because like a lot of those guys are, are stuck in wide receiver two-ville. And I don't know, J- Jameis did not obviously inherently has a lot of upside in the sense that we don't have any fucking clue what he is.
0: I think it's funny that for once, like a, such a depressed group of people that are fantasy football players on a regular basis are finally thinking with rose colored glasses with Jameson Williams. I th- I just, I love that it took a Lions player. Cause remember Swift and the helmet scouting and whatever. Now we're looking at the lions through these rose colored. All things are good. When we're really just a really sad, depressed bunch of human beings, nine times out of 10 that want to tear down everything. We're finally using our powers for good and propping up some potential. Jacob, uh, your player that, uh, you're happy with your return.
2: Yeah. I'll make it quick. Cause we're all, we're closing in on an hour as it is, but, uh, yeah. I mean, what an incredible performance this weekend. I think undoubtedly the best performance of his entire career. Shout out Danny Dines. Um, unbelievable. I felt like it's one of those scenarios. Like, you know, I mean, look, I've never had children. I might never have, children, <laughs> but, I imagine that some parents out there must have a feeling where they're like, ah, my little Timmy is, you know, pretty good at kicking that ball. And then like one day they take him out to a soccer game and Timmy like does a little dribble action. I think that's what they do with the ball in soccer and he scores like two goals. And then they're like, Oh my God. Like, I mean, I thought it was like cute and Timmy would run around outside and whatever. And I, I was rooting for him, but I didn't know he was this good. And that was kind of how I felt watching Danny Dimes, uh, like towards the latter half of the year. I mean, yeah, man, unbelievable. Least reported stories, by the way, of any team is how wide receiver is like potentially, in my opinion, it's the second most important position in the NFL. Some people would say it maybe third or fourth, but it's it's probably at least the top four in terms of that edge corner, um, or that edge and tackle coming in after the uh, after the quarterback. The fact that they just put together like a competent wide receiver group with three guys who were completely off the scrap heap is absolutely unreal. It's a testament to the, their player evaluation. It's a testament to the players. And it's also a testament to their coaches. And it's also a testament to Danny Dimes. The fact that he was just out there forcing defenses to play 11 on 11, using his mobility, and then being able to distribute the ball to Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton. And they kind of, I think they benefited from this offense where there wasn't any sole guy early in the season. They were stagnant because it was like clearly the Saquon Barkley show and every touch was going to Saquon Barkley. And then somewhere in the middle of the season, they started to gain a little bit of confidence in these young wide receivers. And they were like, all right, we're not going to be predictable anymore because there is no go-to guy. We're just going to distribute the ball. We're going to play off of Daniel Jones, uh, his ability in the run game and we're going to throw to the open guy. And it was incredible to watch. I mean, the Vikings are not an NFL defense. They are atrocious, but still Daniel Jones was clutch as hell. Uh, oh. I think your season's probably going to end this weekend, but I'm going to have fun watching him in Philly regardless. He's going to get his ass paid. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, legitimate starting quarterback. Kind of crazy. to think we're watching a fifth year and probably a sixth year soon out of Daniel Jones, a quarterback that after, Two years, I feel like, in the NFL. Everybody's been wondering if he's going to He's on been on a year-to-year basis. And you're going to keep going. It's so
1: funny because you can go look at his stats right now. So many of his, like, efficiency metrics, all that, the exact same. Like, uh, depth of target, yards mm-hmm. per attempt, so much of that is the exact same. He just is better with the ball. Like, like he's – no longer trying to force the ball into these positions. He's a lot more apt to just tuck it and run. And the thing that excites me is so much of that. That's the type of stuff that stays there when they draft a wide receiver, or
0: when they yep. sign a
1: free agent. Like yep. this is the stuff you want to see your quarterback do when they no longer have these guys.
0: Did like the, Kenny Galladay.
1: Yeah. This, this is something legitimately I, I am very excited for Daniel Jones because yep. I think he has now has that potential to kind of parlay this into when they actually bring wide receivers on. I said this in the chat earlier because I think it's just so funny. Uh, Daniel Jones passing EPA the last four years, 2019, negative 32.7. 2020, negative 26.5. 2021, negative 29.8. 2022, 19.9. He almost broke yeah. his passing
2: EPA by 50 points in a year. That's And you mentioned insane. the passing. Here's the other biggest difference, and to me, it's intertwined because to me, that's what's opened up so much of their offense. Yeah. Look at first three years: 45 for 279 and two, 65 for 423 and one, 62 for 298 and two on the ground. This year, 120 for 708 and seven. I mean, that that's. Like Brian Dayball tapped into an offense that was built around Daniel Jones as an athlete. And, and yeah. that's to his credit, and it's to Daniel Jones credit for for willing to do that. And it entirely shifted their offense, right? I mean, that's I think you can't separate the rushing and the passing because the wide receivers, frankly, are like when you're when you're a quarterback that runs, and you're a quarterback that threatens to run, Defenses can't play man against you because they turn their back to the quarterback and you run for 20 yards. They have to play in a zone. And if you're going to have a functional offense with a bunch of jags at wide receiver, no offense to the great Isaiah Hodgins, uh, you probably need defense to be in zone because it's a lot easier for the Richie Jameses and Isaiah Hodgins to sort of just intelligence their way into holes in the zone versus having to go out and beat man coverage consistently. And, and Daniel Jones opens those windows up with his legs, and, and it was remarkable to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. We love Daniel Jones on this program. He was a late round target last year, and uh he ain't gonna be so late, but he's still a target this year. We're gonna take a quick second, we come back, we're moving on, diamonds in the rough that stayed in the rough. Sit tight. Okay, this one, pretty simple. Every year we're looking for Diamonds in the Rough players that we get so late and we just think they're going to be absolutely gems. We found them in the sand. We dug around, we did our research, and we said, these are the ones, they're going to shine bright for your Dynasty teams, and they end up looking like an absolute cold sore, uh, a depth of despair, uh, and a, a real icon for sadness uh and and that's what these players are and i'm gonna kick it off i put my foot in my mouth so much on both this program and the walkabout i deserve this absolute ass beating uh it's matt ryan for me i said that i was comfortable fading quarterback that my last year ever of fade qbs and superflex was last year and matt ryan did it to me he was on a staggering 70 percent of my dynasty rosters uh, in startups that I did last year. And he is on none of those fucking teams. Now I, uh, I am, I absolutely ate a shoe as Stolp would say. Uh, and I, I deserved it. He was bad across the board. I think the warning signs were there and it's not like I'm ever going to do again, where I just think there's just going to be a career Renaissance. Like, ah, Julio Jones left Atlanta. He's definitely going to be the, a uh, high value target in Tennessee well, I ate shoe on that one. And I'm eating shoe on Matt Ryan. I'm done with X Falcons, uh, and <laughs> I am I'm done with uh, Matt Ryan. He really, he really, he really helped put a record amount of third place finishes in my portfolio this year. Uh, it it was brutal. It was painful, and uh, I'm sorry to everyone I ever said to draft Matt Ryan.
2: Oh, uh, that's a shared that one. That's friend. a shared point of pain for sure.
0: Yeah, 100%. Jacob.
2: Oh man, uh, this was not my answer, but Max was in the chat with Sony Michelle, and yeah, uh, every time I look at my best ball rosters, I'm just seeing oh round 18, oh yeah, fucking this guy, uh, Samsung Michelle. Anyhow, uh, no, mine was Keontae Ingram. He had his opportunities, kind of. I mean, he never got like a full on, but Connor missed some time early. You know, Benjamin, I don't know, has a anger management problem. I'm not sure. Uh, he gets caught after playing well randomly. Uh, John had a lot of opportunities to cut into Connor's work, you know, and never really has an opportunity. Who knows what's gonna happen, whole new regime in Arizona, probably uh, probably on thin ice in terms of where his NFL's career is at. That that was disappointing because there was a lot of opportunities of guys you could pick from in the third round, and some of which hit really well. And that was a guy that I thought fit a lot of uh, what I wanted to look for in running backs, I've had a lot of good luck in recent years with those late round running back picks, where I probably got overconfident uh, on my on my own supply there, and uh, it was disappointing to see Keontae not really take advantage of uh, of the opportunities. Hope he still has a good career, but certainly remains very much in the rough.
0: Yeah, and he's he's there forever. He will stay buried, Billy.
2: Yeah, I I took this a different
1: way um, when I originally heard this. I thought it was a sleeper who I thought showed enough but still kind of remained a sleeper at their current position. So because of that, I went and took Jahan Dotson. I think Jahan Dotson started the season really hot. He looked very exciting. We spent all off season crapping on him. Then draft season came around. He was a first round pick. Then all of us were kind of like, all right, hold on. He he still was a first round pick. Like he was our least favorite of the first rounder, but he is still a first rounder. Like let's, Let's go easy. Let's try and mediate a little bit. And his ADP start coming up. He looked great when he first came in. Then he got injured, missed a lot of the season. I think it was like seven, eight games. Then he came back and still kind of looked pretty good. Like Jahan Dotson came back came back and still looked sufficient the back half of the year. And because of that, I mean, there, there's so much good there, especially with the likelihood that they have a new quarterback there starting next season. And the commanders are in a situation. Not a Sam
2: Howell believer.
1: Yeah, no, uh, surprisingly not. But um, the, the <laughs> commanders are in a position where they legitimately could uh, like, be an attractive position for a quarterback. I mean, a lot of guys that are going to be moving around in free agency, you could do a lot worse than having your number one wide receiver be Terry McLaurin. A lot worse. Shout out Baltimore. So, like, with all that being said, I, I think there's a really good case that this offense gonna, is going to warm up. And a lot of good things are going to be there for Jahan Dotson. But there's a point of contention there with who my sleepers were. So, I went ahead and added a long list of sleepers here that That's I think amazing. were sleepers who I did miss on. So, Kyle Phillips, great. A lot professor, of lot professor
0: A lot of
2: passer. Camp-
1: uh, similar hairline to mine, disappeared. Tyquan Thornton, fast oh, and okay. disappeared. David Bell, great runner, loved him. Somehow got ding, 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 ding. Didn't ding. do anything. Devontae Parker, loved the idea of him going to New England, didn't do anything. Eh, he was kind of okay. Uh, Nico Collins, thought he would do great, awesome. Uh, Houston sucks. So, anyway, there's a complete <laughs> guys that
2: actually are there. Really, really fast on the Nico Collins point. Look, I'm not a Nico Collins guy. But don't do it. Um, if there was like a take that I have on not players necessarily that I like want, but players who I think will be worth a lot more on like in like KTC Dynasty Twitter world in three months And now, Nico would be one of the ones at the top of the list. His peripheral stats, like his yards per outrun, targets per outrun stuff, in the middle of the season was really hot. Then he got hurt, came back. It didn't turn into anything fantasy wise because. Houston's a mess, but they're going to probably draft a quarterback. People like Brandon cooks is probably very likely going to be traded. And I think we're going to get a whole off season cycle of Nico Collins is going to be the wide receiver one for Bryce young or whatever else. And I just see that in the future. So all I'm saying is if you could get Nico for absolutely nothing now, just thrown into a deal. And then I won't be standing him at this later point but I do think you can get some profit on him before he ever plays another football game.
0: Yeah, he'll go from being worth 3-fab to being worth 8-fab, and that's what really matters in fantasy football. Uh, we hey, got that's one like more... a
1: third of a <laughs> <etage> Sharp.
0: <laughs> we got one more before we get out of here. Sit tight. Uh, this has been phenomenal. Okay, look, uh, we do this usually on our own separate show. We had um, Wagman in here. Uh, last year but this year we're gonna just gonna cut it up real quick into a real tight segment uh, mistakes we're definitely gonna make again uh, this is let it go but we're not letting it go uh, so if you watched last year you're familiar with the let it go segment uh, show we're doing it just here uh look every year we're like we're we're definitely not gonna repeat we're gonna grow our process and yet there's always players that seem to weasel their way back onto our rosters and draft season, because how could you possibly pass him up? I'm going to start this off because this player has crippled me in Dynasty for like three years now, just breaking my heart continuously, and I'm still going to probably acquire shares this year. I'm going to make the mistake of believing. This year I believed in Baker Mayfield. This last year, in 2023, I'm going to remember the good three games he had with Sam Darnold at the end of the year in the fantasy (laughs) playoffs when Sam Darnold and DJ Moore won you fantasy championships, uh, if you were still managed to be in them anyway. And mine's DJ Moore, man. I'm going to make this mistake again. He was, again, good. He set new touchdown uh, heights with absolute quarterback turmoil, Walker, Baker, then Darnold comes back from being injured, looks like an absolute stud, multiple coaches, Ben McAdoo, saving things over there. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if they're going to go and get a quarterback. Derek Carr rumors are going to be for every team. I would love Derek Carr for DJ Moore, would absolutely love it. And I'm going to fall for it again, and I'm probably going to be left at the altar again. Um, oh. And my mistake is it's I'm going to be all in on DJ Moore again for yeah. like the sixth year in a row.
2: You know, like the me reaping, me sowing bit, like on Twitter, yeah. where it's like me reaping, ah, me sowing, what the fuck? Um, That's like yep. me laughing at Terry McLaurin's stand. like, ah, you have a mid-wide receiver too. And then it's like me with DJ Moore, what is peripherals? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're right. And <laughs> that's like, going to be me. Like they're the same One, guy, actually. <laughs> but like, like, that's me. Go ahead, Billy.
1: It's funny because DJ Moore did like the opposite DJ Moore. Like, usually you're like, oh, he didn't catch any touchdowns, but at least he had 1,200 yards. And <laughs> now it's like, he didn't even hit 900 yards, but at least he had seven touchdowns. Like, it, it's, it's the in, exact opposite. In
2: fairness, did the Panthers even throw for 1,000 yards? <laughs> like, I think,
1: yeah. what the fuck <laughs> is that team? He is so <laughs> hilariously bailed out by those last, like, that last string of three games. Yeah, he had that random he, Atlanta game halfway through the year where he had 150. The, he, always,
0: last... he always torches Atlanta. That's been his whole like, career. He torches Atlanta. Like, DJ
1: Moore, he had multiple games this year with single-digit receiving
2: yards. Well, the, I mean, <laughs> the, the Panthers had games this year where they completed – the Panthers' last game of the year completed four passes. Oh, yeah. I – hey, I <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> I will always make excuses for DJ Moore. Uh, we know yeah. this. But I just – no, I – my like, hope and prayer was that they would hire Ben Johnson and that he would get the Amon Ross-St. Brown usage tree. Um, I'm a little heartbroken that we're not going to get that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I go through the same cycle every year with DJ Moore, which is that this time of year, I'm like, all right, I'm finally giving it up. He's not young enough anymore for me to be able to realize the full value benefit of his breakout. He's just a wide receiver too. I have to live with that. And then come like August, I'll be like, and this year... It'll be different. Yeah. Yeah. And then that'll I'll have fun again this year. So okay, yeah.
0: Th- the difference is is DJ Moore's no longer my like team wide receiver one or two. He's like my wide receiver four to three. And I think that's a little bit more where he belongs. And it just makes me sad. Jacob? I, I think the oh. I think
1: the Baker Sam Darnold discourse is such a good illustration of the Panthers. It was Sam Darnold played last year. He sucked. Baker came in. And we're like, well, he can't be as bad as Sam Darnold. (laughs) He sucked. Then Sam Darnold came (laughs) back and we all went, well, he can't be as bad as Baker.
2: Like, Uh, it, it it just keeps going. The saddest portion of the DJ Moore, like, experience this year was when Sam Darnold when they named him the starter again, and I was like, "Yes, here comes yeah. Darnold to save DJ Moore." And then I like thought back to the offseason. I'm like, "Whoever they signed, they're not going to be worse than Sam Darnold." And it's like, <laughs> me by me, "Bring back Sam, bring back Sam."
0: So <laughs> one of the first things I did was head the Discord. You guys had better hope Sam Darnold doesn't go off for the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to be relentless, and now I'm, I'm going to be I'm relentless. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Phenomenal. Jacob?
2: Uh, Yeah, I will continue every year to fall in love with some new uh, Targets route Run yak translator that inevitably either sucks or gets hurt or both. Uh, (laughs) Of course, we had LaVisca Chenault two years ago. We had Kadarius Tony this past year, who I could have just made this Kadarius Tony because I 100% still believe in him. Uh, And I haven't quite settled on who that's going to be the next year. Um, I'm I'm flirting with still being in on Sky more. I just haven't quite determined um, exactly to what extent I'm willing to stake my reputation to that, but definitely considering it. Uh, and and I will continue to, to, to hold a candle in my heart uh, for guys who earn a lot of targets in a very small sample of routes, uh, and then inevitably things prevent them from ever actually getting to realize whatever potential they may or may not actually have. But uh, that's, that's just going to be... I think I posted this in the Bulletproof uh, channel where I was like, whatever value I provide to you with my analysis, um, part of the payment that your rosters will have to undergo to seek that is you'll just have to have 30% roster ship to Kadarius Tony that you don't want. And you'll just have to accept yeah. that because that's just going to be what comes with the territory of anything else that I provide you is being oversposed have-
0: to I have to admit, I was fully prepared for the veteran wide receiver. Like, uh, I'm never going to let go of Michael Thomas, or I'll I'll yeah. draft DeAndre. Oh, Hopkins
2: buddy, buddy the, we well. are in on Michael Thomas. Hey, DeAndre I Hopkins know. was great. That I was drafting fucking round eleven. We were getting value out of that.
0: I'm just saying, like that's that's what I was expecting, uh, Billy. Uh,
2: well, I w- if, yeah, I would do that, but that went well. I, Lockett, Thomas, or, Thomas for a couple of games. Hopkins <laughs> couple and of games, Hopkins and Lockett were great.
1: I, I do this every year, and I know I'm going to do it again next year. It's drafting exclusively sleeper tight ends. It's mm. such a bad practice. Everyone, I, I want I Cheek, want us bro. to play this. Cheek. I want us to play this clip back when draft season's coming around. Don't listen to me and my tight end takes. They're not good. Like
0: Dulcich though, Dulcich, yeah. Yeah. great, Dulcich, right. Dulcich. Do you not have
1: any Acquanue? <laughs> uh, no, I don't have any. i But <laughs> um, most rostered tight end. I got so lucky. I didn't even know anything about I, it. I, I don't have any because I have all Dulcich. That's the problem. Oh, I see, I see. But I mean, like, what is a top eight tight end that isn't a top five tight end? Like, six to eight, they don't matter. They don't matter. And that's okay. But, like, Friar Muth, Dulcich, Njoku. we can keep going. Evan Ingram, a- Ingram paid off really a- nice. That's a hit. Uh, Isaiah Likely, like Likely. I, I will pick. I'll pick a new one next year. I don't know who it's going to be yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, you will. It's it's so much more worth it to take your exciting tight end early on and just just pay up early. The value you get over other tight ends is so worth it. Just enjoy yep. it. Don't listen to me saying why draft why draft Mark Andrews in the second when you can have, can, I don't know. Let me pull down and pull a random name.
0: Al- Albert Bre- O oh, in the 12th. Brevin <laughs> Jordan
1: in the 15th. Like, it, it's, it, it. it's, it's not worth it. That was tough. It's
0: not worth it. Don't Brevin Jordan. Ready? Don't With encourage the, uh, him, Jacob. Harrison Bryant.
2: That's another good one. Harrison, Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant. That's a blast from the past. Uh, uh, Bryson she, she Hopkins was another one. Oh, Bryson Hawkins, yeah, love that guy. Uh, Evan, Ingram, I mean, the f- the best thing about the tight end position was that Evan Ingram had like one game and went from everybody being like, "Oh yeah, this guy sucks," to like, "He's a top five tight end," <laughs> and, like literally, <laughs> and, literally in a three hour period. It's
1: so yeah, funny. Evan him.
2: Ingram was legitimately just good this year. <laughs> like,
0: he's got to he resign. If he resigns, we're he all in, like, baby.
2: I mean, look, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a big Evan Ingram guy, but objectively, he was like pretty uninspiring, and then he had that one insane game, and then he finished really hot. Um, which was awesome. But look was, like, as, as someone of, like, who
1: is, <laughs> as after. someone who's riding the Evan Ingram train all year, seventy three for seven sixty six is pretty nice.
0: Uh, Michael got, Mayer yeah. can be a top five tight end. We're gonna see what draft cap, but we're obviously gonna talk about him in the rookie process. Yeah. Uh, we're I gonna mean, talk guys like Mechie in the free agent process and stuff like that. So Jamie, we're just short on time right now. We will answer that. Shout out to you guys for hanging out with us. And you think it's pain I would uh, consider start, Mechie. Start Start playing uh, or buying Kyle Pitts on a yearly basis. I am in startups right now, uh, Stavio. So how about that? Guys, final thoughts before we get out of here. Jacob, I know you got to bounce.
2: Uh, good luck. Have fun. Enjoy your off season. And uh, yeah.
0: I love your final thoughts. It's so funny. You don't plug Sweat and Bullets. You don't nothing. You just. No, like...
2: I, I've plugged. All right, sure. Um, we're, I think we're going to actually record this week. I don't know when, but I think we're going to record uh, an episode of Sweat and Bullets this week. We haven't in a, in a few weeks. It's it's shocking. People have reached out and they're like, when when are you going to record again? That's so weird. Um, uh, I thought that our episodes were so egregiously long that you just wouldn't, you'd still be on the first one at this point. But uh, no, we will record, I think, this week. And, and I don't know when after that. Uh, but we're going to figure out an offseason's plan uh the last big tilt of the year uh will be on friday with me and chase breaking down dfs for the divisional games and um yeah that's the main stuff i'll, I'll have one uh, kind of season wrap-up article and player profiler probably within the next couple weeks but i have to sit down and write that
0: 100 percent, billy final thoughts
1: yeah, this is probably the best place for me to get this out on, because I feel like I'm going to reach the most amount of people that I'm currently in leagues with. I apologize if I don't respond to your messages the next, like, three months. I'm going to have <laughs> a long time. So I appreciate y'all. I promise I'm seeing stuff. I Same goes for Twitter and the Discord. I'm not going to be as active the next coming months, and I apologize for that, but I promise... I I am seeing everything. So if you do send me a trade offer, it, it might take a day or two for me to get to. But I appreciate it, and I will get to it. Sorry.
0: Um, my final thoughts are always the same, right? But uh, I'm I'm going to change them a little bit this time. Going to be a little bit of variety. Do some startups, and as I hit on in the bonus, uh, if you tuned in a little bit later, do it with some people you're not familiar with, man. Uh, a branch out we hit it a little bit on last week's show where i said that i had my most successful year and a part of that was i expanded my player base and you should too try some new league formulas try some stuff that you didn't think you were going to be in. try an auction if you've never done it do third round reversal if it if it's not something that's like you're you're stationary do things in your leagues that are just a little bit different and enjoy it and try it out i, I think this is going to be beneficial to a lot of people it'll help you have a lot of fun and most importantly please don't take yourself too seriously uh remember that we're drafting at this point of the year because we're degenerates and none of us know shit in a couple of months every team that we draft right now can look like absolute dog water so stay fluid stay liquid be prepared be active Have fun. Remember that there's other people on the other end of your screens. Check in on your loved ones, even if you're not sure if they need it or not. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose you. Your best days? God damn, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. Truly enjoyed this one. Phenomenal. 197 in the books. What's going on, everybody? If you say to the end of the video, we appreciate you. Remember to hit that like, subscribe, the notification button over there on YouTube. When we hit 500 subs, well, we're doing a huge giveaway. Can't wait to announce that. Also coming up, we have JSN signed jerseys. We have some other great prizes handing out, including a custom championship belt that you yourself can win. All you have to do is be subscribed, hit the notification, so you know when we go live every single time. We'll see you tomorrow night for the Full Tilt Devi show. Good night, everybody.